Sterling Guadagnino. Welcome to the Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the edge of America. Hi, everyone. And we are recording this on the last weekend of the summer. And it's absolutely beautiful out here in Rochester. Going to be in the 80s both days. So Yeah, yesterday was just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. This weather's amazing lately. So we just got back from um, a little vacation in New Jersey, where I'm from, to celebrate my mother's 90th birthday. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So a great milestone for my mom. She's doing pretty well. She's pretty healthy overall. She looks as young as can be. She looks like she's just in her late 70s or yep. something. Yep, and your family members came out to have a... A dinner uh, to celebrate her and mm-hmm. celebrate her birthday, and she looked like she had a really good time. She did, she did, and it was nice to be in Jersey for a little visit. We always stay in our own little cottage so we can bring our dogs with us, and it's very close to the beach, so we were able to get down to the beach and just be around that. Well, it's the coolest Irish. It's a, a very unusual place. It's an Irish cottage. And what I mean by that was that it was made, built by an Irish gentleman in the 1800s. And it's he kind of made it like a replica of cottages in Ireland. And uh, it's small. And uh, it's just hysterical. It has like a little bar area in it. It has a fireplace. It has a library with books on cooking and Celtic history and it's just a wonderful place yes yes it is it's got a lot of character there's little stained glass windows everywhere and knickknacks and they were really into ships so there's all these um, yeah. replicas of <laughs> sailboats and ships all all over the place up on shelves and everything so it's cool it's a fun place to be it was great so we had a nice little break we took a break from all work and we just did some recreation so so we're all refreshed and ready to get back into things. Yes, we are. So, Lou, you you found this wonderful show on Netflix, and why don't you tell everybody about it? Well, the thing that's really amazing um, for us about this show is this is a show that's it was it's a called The Mind Explained, and it's a series on Netflix, and there's five episodes. It's done in a very simple format, so uh, there's a lot of scientific information about the brain and what we know about the brain at this point. But it's said in a nice, simple, clear way. And for us, uh, Marilyn and I, it was really a wonderful confirmation, kind of exciting, um, because it correlates with everything that we've been teaching people for eight years. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really fun and exciting to find out the scientific theories that correlate with what we've been sharing with folks. It was an affirmation. It was an affirmation. (laughs) Because what we teach comes from, you know, ancient um, yogic and meditation practices and what we've learned from our own meditation, what we learned from our meditation teachers, but to have the scientific backing of it all it all well, it comes all, together we also have some you know uh, modern uh, psychology uh, yes. for instance uh, influences such as um, cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy and motivational and motivational interviewing, interviewing right. and of course mindfulness of course mindfulness. so you know we do have modern influences as well as ancient but what's really interesting is that all of them 
share something in common. Mm-hmm. These ancient practices and the more modern psychological uh, treatments. And that is uh, changing the way we think, changing our habitual thoughts and emotions. Um, and what that's called is uh, the default network, default mode network. And that's basically the mind state that most of us are in most of the time. You know that constant monologue you're having with yourself where you're kind of going over your life, you're maybe remembering or anticipating or thinking about what's going on in your life right now. And it's a a form of rumination, just going over things, talking to ourselves. Well, that is the default mode network. Uh, In LSF, we've always called that active mind. And it turns out that that is really the greatest source of stress for us um, is is the story that we tell ourselves. And of course, that's that's very much in keeping with what we've been telling people. We use, um, for instance, we tell people about past impressions, uh, everything that we experience from the time we're born, probably before we're born, uh, creates an impression, uh, a mental impression. And that impression um, really is what we kind of see the world through. So, for instance, if you had an experience when you were very young, uh, maybe a dog frightened you, for instance, and then as you got older, you would, every time you saw a dog, that first initial impression would influence your perceptions of dogs and, and the emotional response that you have when you see a dog. And for most of us, the challenge is changing these mental impressions because these are the things that keep us in our habits and in our very um, limited way of living. Living. Well, and it becomes, you know, you add up all these mental impressions, they it be layers and layers and layers over time. It then That then is how we define ourselves and what we try and teach through our different techniques and practices with living stress-free is that you are not these mental impressions that there is something you have a different identity than this but most people don't know that and that's one of our secrets to helping people lower their stress is identification yeah let's try to make it a little bit more practical for folks like for instance a lot of times somebody comes to us and they say um you know I'm a really stressed person. Um, I would like to have this type of career. Let's say I would like to be a chef or I would like to be a doctor, but um, I just can't seem to do it. I I don't have the discipline. I get distracted, whatever it may be. Uh, I've tried and a couple times I've failed. And what we do with people is we help them understand that their limitations are caused by these past mental impressions, which are creating stress for them and not allowing them to adapt to new circumstances that would allow them to reach their goal. So that's what we're talking about in a practical level. Yes, yes, yes. That's what holds people back. Or, or sometimes you have somebody just say, well, I'm just a stressed person, so it's just the way it is. And they throw up their hands and just accept it. And that's identifying as a stressed person when actually stress is it's something that's happening to you. It isn't who you are. Right. But it can feel that way if it's been going on for years. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this default mode network is hugely important for us to 
find a way around the whole problem with stress. Because one of the, as a preface here, one of the important things about LSF is we are not about distraction techniques. We're not about just, okay, you're stressed, let's get your mind off of it and do something else. We don't teach that, and we. the reason why is because you always, once you're done doing whatever it is to distract yourself and escape from it, you're going right back to the stressful situation. So Lou and I decided we want to help people by giving you techniques where even if you're in the midst of the stressful situation, you have an ability to respond instead of react, to not identify it, but just be be there with it knowing that it's going to pass and have tools to use and the secret to that is understanding this default mode network and how to get around it and understanding that a really important part that we teach people in lsf is that we're seeing everything through the lens of our past of our memories so no matter what you're doing no matter what you're experiencing no matter what you think about it, it all is a reflection of past impressions. And so your reactions were created by past impressions. And so you can change the reactions through dissolving the past impressions. And that's what we work on. And perfect segue, one of the parts of this series is about memory. Yeah, that and, was fascinating. And there's some interesting things they shared about me that I never knew. I didn't know any of this, so yeah. it, it was very exciting to me. One of the things about memory that I found really fascinating, and this is something that's subtle, but I'm sure everybody can get, um, we tend to think of memories as coming from the past, you know, but they're not. They're being created right now in the present moment. So, for instance, if you have a memory of your birthday when you were six years old, let's say, um, that memory is being created now. It's not like being kept someplace, <laughs> like in a safe someplace, and then when you want it, you retrieve it from the safe, and it comes from the past into the present. Mm -hmm. Your brain is creating the memory in the present moment. And here's something that I found to be fascinating that I didn't know at all. Memories are not really created in one part of the brain. They're created in several parts of the brain. For instance, if you're uh, listening to music at a concert, let's say you're at a concert and you're listening to music, you know, the sound um, that your brain picks up is from one part of your brain. The feeling that you have in your skin and your body when you're sitting in the seat, that's from another part of your brain. Um, so there's all these different parts of the brain orchestrating together to fire at the same moment to create this experience that you're having at the concert. Well, later on when you remember um, the concert and you're talking to your friends about it, those same areas of the brain refire again, only they're not refiring perfectly each time. For instance, memories actually change in time. They're flexible. They're not permanent and fixed. So I found that really fascinating because I didn't know that our memories were created by multiple parts of our brain. I did know that they were created in the present moment because of experiences in meditation. But I found that that was really interesting to me. It was, and they used 9-11 as an example of how they were doing a lot of studies on people with their memories of 9-11. And since we just passed the anniversary of this, this is apropos, but it was interesting. They said people basically remember emotions 
and place very well. For example, everybody knows where they were when 9-11 happened. And people remember the emotions they feel. But then when they interviewed people, the details about the event, people had what we, you know, sometimes they call false memories in the field of psychiatry, but people had different stories that actually many of them weren't accurate, but they remembered it that way. They and, were very inaccurate, yeah. actually. They And the thing that they said about that, it, that was really interesting to me, was the one thing that everybody had in common was that they're absolutely convinced their memory was correct. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> because their emotions were correct. I think it's because their their feeling and emotion right. was correct. Their feeling. And so they assumed everything they thought about it, the details, was also correct, but it wasn't. No, and, and, yeah. and what you said about place was very important. Uh-huh. So two of the things that make memory strong is emotion and place. For instance, 9-11, people who were closer to the Twin Towers, they had clearer memories than people that were farther mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. So where you are is a very important part of memory. Yeah, which makes it, if like take it to the practical, like normal everyday side of things. If you ever talk to a friend or family member and they're telling a story of something you did together and you remember it differently than them. And oftentimes this turns into a disagreement and sometimes even an argument. But now that they, the science is showing this information, it makes sense that we have different memories from our past experiences with people. Yeah, and, and the memories keep changing. That's the, that's the really important thing to do. I think that's where meditation comes in and is so helpful. Because we tend to think of our mind as being correct all the time and consistent, and it's not. It's a fluid thing. So our memories change as time goes by. Our memories change. Naturally, they -hmm. change. And so, you know, that brings up a very fascinating question. Why do we have such such a poor memory system. You know? I mean, it's supposed to help us remember the past. This is how we think about memory. It's supposed to help me remember the past. But then we find out that it's not actually remembering the past very accurately. And so why is that? And the answer that they gave to this, which I thought was fascinating, is because our flexibility allows us to take in new information and to, and to become creative. So we become creative literally through the fluidness of our memories. So that's why we're able to see things in a new way, which I found very fascinating. This happens in our dreams a real lot. For instance, in our dreams, they were talking about dreams and they were saying that dreams are caused by our recent experiences. Okay, so when we're dreaming, we are experiencing memories from things that have happened recently. For instance, the day that we're asleep and dreaming or the day before a couple days before that's what our dreams are about which fits in perfectly with what we've been sharing with people about according to lsf theory dreams are a way of processing stress no that makes total sense if you ever take a road trip and you go to sleep that night how often do you see what you were seeing out the car window as part of your dream that night i know it happens to me 100 percent yeah of the time. okay all right yeah, yeah, you're, you're, it's what happened recently that finds its way in there. Well, I always thought that dreams were about 
what recently happened. And and I guess I was kind of surprised to find out that everybody didn't think that. I just naturally assumed the dreams were what's happening and somehow my mind is kind of processing that when I'm asleep, which turns out to be accurate scientifically. But they went through the history of dreams and what people have thought has been very different. There was a, a, a theory about dreams for a long time that you actually didn't dream until just a few moments before you woke up. Yes. Which I found fascinating. I'd yes. never heard that. No one had ever, I'd never heard that theory. But for a while, that's what that's what doctors, that's what everybody thought, that you were not dreaming, and then just a few minutes before you woke up, you had this dream, and then you woke up, and it seemed like you were dreaming all night long. That's what they used to believe. Well, I notice it when you, when, I don't know if any of you guys notice it out there, but you hit your snooze alarm, and you go back to sleep that for that extra 15 minutes, and oftentimes I'll be dreaming, and it's right before oh, I wake sure, yeah. up. And I hit it again, and then I have another little <laughs> dream. <laughs> and it makes it harder to get up eventually. But, yeah, yeah, I would notice that. And then, and then, like, when you have a chance to sleep in, and you have that extra morning sleep, it does seem like I dream more in the in the those morning hours as opposed to the dead of night hours well according to according to this documentary uh this series rather um that's not quite accurate you're Mm -hmm. dreaming all night long we're dreaming all night long um or at least i mean not a hundred percent but our dreams are through the majority of the night and when we wake up that's a particular significant part of our dream because we're recalling it we're becoming more conscious aware of our dreams but we are dreaming through most of the night right but one of the points that came forth in the dream episode of this series that matches totally with what we teach people with lsf Mm -hmm. is that dreams are a way of processing stress yes very important and it has to do with that prefrontal cortex activity being shut off do you remember that part? Yes, that's a very interesting part. Um, the they call it the executive functioning. Some people do. You know, it's the part of our brain that is rational. So, for instance, if you're buying a car and you're kind of looking at the pros and cons of two different cars, you make the decision using the uh, prefrontal cortex, and that is completely quiet and asleep. And the part of our brain that is very lively, interestingly enough, and this fits in with what you're saying about LSF theory, is the emotional part um, and the fear part. So the, the parts of the brain that really create our emotions, that's the most active part of our dreaming, which, which kind of fits in with what we're telling people is that when you're dreaming, you are trying, your brain is trying to process the stress that you could not process throughout the day. Because that's one of the big, big things that we teach people is that stress is almost continuous in life. It's not something that comes and goes. We have a very wide definition of stress. It's not just stressful events that happen in your life. It's, For instance, if you eat something that you have difficult uh, digesting, um, difficulty digesting, then that creates stress. If you don't get enough sleep, that creates stress. If your lifestyle is outside is out of balance, um, that creates stress. That's our definition. Anything that disrupts your balance. Anything is that disrupts stress. our balance. So stress is very uh, is with us all the time, and the only difference between problematic stress and normal stress, if you will, is that normal stress is processed. We process it. In other words, we experience it fully. We feel it. We make sense out of it with our minds. 
and then we're able to turn it into a memory. If we're not able to do that, then the stress remains in our body and our brains try to process it when we're dreaming. And processing includes feeling it. This is huge because, you know, in my work as a therapist, when I do processing with people from the way, from the talking method of it, you don't have to only talk to process, but I'm going to use this as an example. If somebody sits there and tells me about something upsetting that happened to them and all they're doing is telling me the words and the description and just reviewing the scenario, but there's no feelings involved in it, they're not fully processing it. It's just a, basically it's just a venting details on a thought level, but not on a feeling level. So even that isn't true processing. Like true processing includes the thoughts as well as the feelings that had to do with an experience. Now whether you do that from talking to somebody or writing it down or just you know being able to do it in your mind and it all is fine as long as it's processed. It's but, processed. But things that aren't, it's like unmetabolized food, undigested food right. that just, it's, you know, these experiences have to be digested. And if not, they just stick inside of you, well, stick in your body. And yeah. if I may say so, it really, our theory does explain why people are so stressed. Because mm-hmm. most of us are, well, yeah, I mean, how many times do we work with people that say, I, why am I so stressed? Why am mm-hmm. I so stressed? You know, Because we tend to look at stress as something that happens just from catastrophic or really negative experiences. And we think that somehow it's just going to go away magically mm-hmm. or naturally. And it doesn't. We really have to make sure that we process our stress in the same way that we have to eat a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. And society just encourages us to just get over it, just get over it, move on, keep going. And we are, um, people are so busy. So processing takes time to, you know, uh, unplug to process. It's kind of hard to be in the midst of all the work you have to do all day and all the thing and taking care of your children and this and that and process all at the same time. You really need to take a moment to process. Well, and... Properly. And this is where LSF meditation comes in and why we encourage people to use our technique so often because when you are practicing LSF meditation, everything that is going through your mind, everything that just naturally arises in your mind, naturally passes. So stop and think about what that means. You're not in the default network mode anymore, okay? You're not ruminating. You're not thinking about things. You're not telling yourself your narrative about your life. You're just allowing things to rise in the mind and pass out of the mind. So that means all of the thoughts about stressful situations that occurred recently or in the past are able to finally be processed. As they arise in the mind, you can feel them, as Marilyn said. And then they make sense once you're able to feel them and you're able to let them go and move on. So that's one of the reasons why LSF meditation is so important is because it stops us from going into that um, default network mode mm-hmm. it, and ruminating over things over and over mm-hmm. again, which really just creates these. It, it takes our mental impressions and it really grooves them. One of the examples that they use, grooves them in the mind, excuse me. What One of the examples that they use, which was really, I thought, beautiful was that our minds are like um, a beautiful snow covered mm. hill mm-hmm. and we're, we sled down the hill on our sleds and the sledding the sled is our thoughts mm-hmm. 
and our thoughts, the sled, make grooves in the snow. Yes. And as it continues snowing, these grooves become deeper and deeper and deeper, and pretty soon it's automatic for the sled to go down them. Okay? So what LSF meditation does and certain other practices that we encourage people to try is it, it gets rid of those grooves. The snow comes down and we smooth out all the grooves and now our brains are able to try something new. It's fresh snow covering up the grooves. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah there was a great image that's in the, in the show. So this is great stuff, great stuff that was in this series. Yeah. We, if you have Netflix and you want to check it out, again, it's, what's the name of it again? The Lou? Mind Explained. The Mind Explained. And what's nice about it, it's a five-part series, and they're, they're short. They're short segments, so you can fit it in easily. If you just have like 20 minutes free, you could sit there and see one whole segment. So. A quick, can we uh, segue to just something else right now for a Absolutely. moment? Yeah, let's. I, I'd like folks to know two things. Number one, we we just started our new class, um, and we started Wednesday. This how is to live stress free. How to live stress free. Yes, it's the how to live stress free. It's um part three of a three part series on my book, um, the Living Stress Free Bible, twenty techniques to make your life less stressful. So we it's the third part. And this one is about the practices. And so we're really diving into the practices that are outlined in the book. And so we had our first session last Wednesday, and it was all about LSF meditation. Yeah, and it's, it's really exciting to see the new people, see uh, people who have been there for years coming back. And, um, and I just wanted to share with folks that uh, there's obviously most people are not in Rochester, New York. And we are about to start doing our classes online. Mm-hmm. And we're just setting up right now uh, with the technology, getting it all set up so we can do it. But very soon we're going to be doing classes online. So anything that we teach in Rochester, New York, is now going to be available uh, online. And uh, I've already got people from Rochester <laughs> asking about when it's going to be <laughs> online. Because some folks, you know, they don't want to spend the time or they can't spend the time coming down to the LSF headquarters, as we call it. And so even <laughs> they are going to be able to do it. But I want people to know that just because you don't live in Rochester, New York, doesn't mean that you can't participate. We do life coaching online with people um, using video conferencing. It's uh, very secure. So uh, we can do that individual work. And we're about to start very soon our first class. That's right. So stay tuned about that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in to our Living Stress-Free podcast. And feel free to contact us if you have any questions or comments about any of the topics we cover, or if you'd like us to cover a specific topic in the future. We'd love to hear from you. So you can also find us on Facebook. Yes. What's the... Um, Living Stress-Free Inc. Inc. Yes, Living Stress-Free Inc. And you can also just go to livingstressfree.org is probably the easiest thing for folks. And then you can just get to all our social media from there. But also, we just uh, updated our webpage, our website, rather, and... um, and we're continuing to do so, so the information on there is new and relevant. And you can find out almost anything you need to about LSF right from there. Sounds great. So I hope everybody enjoys this last weekend of the summer, and we'll be back real soon with 
more living stress-free tips. Okay, so have a wonderful weekend. We're going to see you real soon this time. We took a break because of our vacation, but we're back. That's right. So take care, everyone. See you soon. Thank you.